everybody and welcome here to our 11th episode uh today is may the 11th uh so that's kind of interesting the 11th episode falls on may the 11th um but i thought that was kind of cool however when i started this podcast i didn't think i'd get 11 episodes deep it was kind of just something meant to be for fun and it still is uh and quite frankly it's been actually a real learning experience it's been something that i've kind of enjoyed and come to really like um i've learned a lot i'm continuing to learn um and kind of just open my mind up to a lot of different things so it's a it's been it's been a great experience thus far um we've had a lot of great guests on the show so far we've had lizzie anderson who was a fitness coach um i enjoyed speaking with her and learning about some really cool stuff we've also had frank king on who uh brought mental uh awareness or mental health awareness to the to the forefront so i thought that was a really great guest to have on and then most recently we had rihanna mill on who uh was the love coach uh who also had some really just wonderful stuff and uh good insight um so I have a bunch more guests planned coming up. Uh, the next couple of weeks, we'll have a guest on the show, um, which I'm really looking forward to. Um, I will tell you guys who our next week's guest is towards the end of the show tonight. Um, but we do have more guests lined up. But tonight, I wanted to do something a little bit differently and kind of... Um, take a step back from having a guest on kind of talk about a few things that have been transpiring over the past couple of weeks um so we're gonna get into that but also i wanted to kind of get back a little bit to some of the other things that we were doing talking about some of the stocks and just some news related stuff as well um so we'll get right into tonight's show uh the first thing we're going to talk about is some stocks and go over some of the picks that we had previously dis discussed i know that there was we we on the show previously on the show um we've talked about four particular stocks that i think would be great for your portfolio um now i kind of just want to give you an update on what's going on with these stocks maybe provide a little bit more insight to those and kind of just do a, a checkup on those so the first one that we uh have here which we've talked about in the past is delta airlines um now delta has been struggling um there's a bunch of headwinds or several headwinds that's facing the airline industry at the moment um the first thing that i want to say about the airline industry or actually before we even get into that i'll say one thing every stock that i have um suggested would be good for the portfolio this is just suggestions like i've said in the past i'm not a a stock expert or somebody who has a finance degree or anything like that these are basically just my personal opinions things that i like in my portfolio and i try to give you reasons as to why um now there's several headwinds that delta and the airline industry as a whole is facing right now. Um, so they're definitely struggling. But one of the things that I want to bring, uh, bring up is that this industry in the airlines, uh, the airlines industry is probably going to be the last industry to fully recover from this whole pandemic and the shutdown and all of that stuff, especially as traveling is still kind of been pushed aside. Um, so 
they're they're going to take some time to recover and these particular stocks that I've shared with you guys are all meant to be long-term investments these aren't short-term make few quick bucks and get out of there you know it's going to be it's all it's all short-term stuff you know it's nothing that's going to be uh, make a few dollars real quick and get out get out of there you know uh, this is all long-term investments now like I said they're gonna be probably the last to fully recover um, from the whole pandemic um, but one silver lining that I kind of took note of as far as the airline industry goes is the current low oil prices um, could mean lower jet fuel prices you know um, now I will say that just because the prices are low now, it seems the airlines aren't able to take full advantage of those low prices. So these prices, the oil prices will have to remain kind of low for quite some time before you see any significant gain or any benefit to these airlines. But it's just kind of something to think about. And as you can see here, the last uh, 30 days, they've remained pretty much steady and consistent over the the period here I mean they are down what let's see they were at twenty three dollars and twenty five cents on April the 13th um, now that you know just basically 30 days ago a couple days shy of that um, so they are a little bit down from that but overall they're remaining fairly consistent um, we'll see and continue to monitor their situ situation on Delta Airlines but I haven't changed my position on it um, in the long run I think uh, over the long period it will be uh, a good investment um, now looking at moving forward uh, we also have carrier now carrier uh, is one that we've been that's kind of been doing pretty well like I said it recently offered it's a or did its IPO its initial public offering not too long ago um, so they're still fairly new they're still just getting into the game as far as uh, a publicly traded company goes they've been around for for ages but they're they're just now kind of uh doing their whole public offering uh situation so with carrier there's a lot of speculation going on about this particular company um i've been monitoring it pretty closely um but the speculation is that it's undervalued um i have that position like i've basically seen the stock is undervalued a lot of other people have seen the stock is undervalued in fact um there's an analyst from jp morgan his name is steven tusa um, and this is he sees carriers undervalued as well um, and he also labeled it as a once in a generation buying opportunity um, this is an analyst from JP Morgan now his uh, quote this is a quote that he had this was his spiel on uh, carrier let's I'll, I'll read the quote to you it says the stock is cheap it's at 10 times through EPS the only one in its sector at that level with a discount of 65% versus directly comparable peers which is rarely seen the basis for our view that the stock could double over the next 12 months Tusa wrote so basically what he's saying is that carrier is 65% cheaper than its peers that are its direct competitors so competitive competitor companies are trading at much higher prices than carrier so he sees the uh, carrier as a discounted stock to pick up and add to your portfolio and dubbed it a once in a generation uh, opportunity so 
I thought that was a great way of looking at it because when you look at a company like a when he refers to peers or a competitor, he's talking about somebody like Train. Train is another one in the uh, heating and cooling industry along with Carrier. And you see here their stock price is at $80 and... 98 cents um so when you look at train you you know they're a direct competitor of carrier and they're at 80 bucks you know um so when you look at a stock like carrier which is at 18 dollars and 35 cent it kind of looks very attractive it's fairly cheap and it's just now coming out in its initial public offering so it's kind of you're getting in at the entry level while you can still buy it at a, a really good price um so that's you know what i like about carrier I do see them as an undervalued company, and I'll continue to monitor uh, what they're doing. Um, but we'll get also keep going. Another one we had discussed in the past was Norwegian Cruise Lines. Now, Norwegian, they are going through a real debacle. I've, between the airlines and the cruise lines, it's hard to say which one's getting it worse. Um, the cruise lines is definitely a struggling industry. And again, I want to reiterate all of these investments that I'm suggesting, again, suggesting are all long-term investments. They're not ones that you're going to pick up today and make you know, quick money and be out tomorrow. These are ones that you want to put in your portfolio, hold on to them, and over time, I'll expect that you'll see some really nice gains. Now, that's just my predictions. doesn't mean that I'm right, um, but you know, this is just what I personally believe. But you look in Norwegian, they've been pretty fairly consistent. You do see a big bump up between April 29th and May 4th. Um, now, the thing with uh, the reason why I'm sticking with Norwegian and, you know, saying that still believing in what they have to offer is because Norwegian is working with the CDC um, to basically establish good practices, not only uh, during the, the virus now, but off, also as they uh, begin to offer services and continue to get, you know, get the industry back going again. Um, they're working with the CD, CDC to establish good habits, to work on creating a safer environment, not only in the now, but also moving forward and going into the future. So I kind of like that about them, you know, working with the, that, uh, with the CDC to make sure that passengers are safe and everybody is uh, taken care of. So that's a good sign. That's a positive thing. Now, there is other things going on with Norwegian. Uh, according to something I read, there could be a class action lawsuit brewing up uh, related to the virus, I believe. Um, I will continue to monitor that, but I'm not just going to stray away from Norwegian. I still like them as a holding, uh, you know, ha having in your portfolio. I think it's a great one to continue to it's a great one to continue to have. I'm not going to shy away from Norwegian. Um, another one, the last one that we'll take a look at, this is the final, well, actually, uh, I have another one after this, but we have Kohl's. Now, everybody's familiar with Kohl's. Um, Kohl's is a great stock to have. Um, there has been a lot of speculation that Kohl's may not make it through the pandemic because they had shut down so many of their stores and locations, and it's hard to say for sure, um, but there's a couple of things that I want to note. Well, t today's May 11th. I believe that their Coles is set to open, I think, 10 or 
or more stores today and i want to say uh texas uh i'm not a hundred percent sure on that i could be wrong but they're beginning to open stores up um in accordance with each state's guidelines as to certain retail stores opening um so they're trying to follow those guidelines but they are starting to pick up steam and starting to add uh open up more locations um but one thing that I think people tend to forget is that Kohl's does have a partnership with Amazon. Now, Amazon doesn't outright own Kohl's or there hasn't been the acquisition of Kohl's, but they are partnered. They are in what some people would call in bed together. Um, so a lot of people would say, well, why doesn't Amazon buy Kohl's? Um, which has been raised the question, Amazon may buy Kohl's. No one really knows. That's all speculation. But I do want to point out, uh, I read an article from The Motley Fool, and it says that um, the two companies could certainly deepen their partnership without fully joining forces. Still, an acquisition could make sense as Kohl's has over 1,100 stores that Amazon could use as leverage, meaning that they could use those uh, Kohl's locations. Um, Amazon could use those Kohl's locations for various things, whether I guess it could be retail or in-store shopping or something like that. So I would, I've always been one that kind of believes that Amazon may purchase Kohl's at some point um, but that's all speculation I don't have any proof to back that up I don't think anyone does it's all speculation but Amazon doesn't necessarily need to buy Kohl's um, because they're you know they're doing great on their own but it does make sense that they could utilize those locations and I think that would be something quite interesting to see um, but I want to uh, we've been talking about all uh, these stocks here but I want to introduce something new here a newer one which is an ETF now ETFs operate a lot differently than a stock we have what is known as gush now gush is an ETF if you're not familiar with what an ETF is an ETF I get, I'll, I'll read a definition of it. Uh, ETF is a type of security that involves a collection of securities such as stocks. That's the definition. To break it down for you a little bit more simpler and kind of, I hope I'm able to explain this property properly, but ETF, look at it as like a um, one central place, okay? Like, so Gush is one central place and underneath it branching off into different little legs or little segments are companies. So matter of fact, let me pull up this here. So these particular companies, you see WPX Energy, Whiting, Whiting Petroleum Corp, Apache Corp, EQ2, EQT Corp, Calon, Petroleum, all of these companies down here that uh, I'm kind of trying to highlight for you guys, these are the top eight holdings of this ETF, which make up Gush. So you have a bunch of different companies where when you invest, let's say right now it's at $37.49. When you invest at $37.49, that money will be split up into a percentage of in each of those companies so your money is getting spread out across a bunch of different companies which an ETF can be a good thing it's not always a great thing but an ETF can be a good thing because let's say WPX is having a very bad month but all the other companies are doing really well then your stock your ETF your your the money that you have in gush will remain at a good level because it has a little bit of leverage and a little bit of wiggle room because if a couple companies are doing bad but the other few are doing great then it balances out and that's why I kind of like ETFs um, so I, I really like 
the uh, Gush ETF. Um, another tip reason why I want to bring it up is you look at the chart here and you're probably thinking, well, wow, it looks like it's tanked. Like what's going on with Gush? It looks down really low. Well, they're in the oil industry. And right now the oil industry is taking a big hit because essentially what has happened is with all the traveling and everything coming to a halt, the the industry basically has more oil than it can like can pr like put out or provide so basically they have all this oil in in tanks and just sitting there basically waiting to be consumed um, and it's basically where they're producing oil with nowhere to put it because all of the um, all the storage containers and everything is completely full, you know, so it's kind of dropped the price. That's why you're seeing gas prices as low as they are right now, because they they it, there's little demand, but a really high uh, a high supply. So the prices of of oil is really low, which is you're seeing that with the extremely low gas prices right now. Um, so when you look at this, though, as people begin to travel, as the jet liners, uh, cruise industry begins to open up, you could see the demand for the gas or oil to go back up. And I see that with that's why I selected this gush ETF to add to your portfolio, because um, we will, you know, things will begin to open up as beaches begin to open, people want to travel and all of this stuff happens. You're going to see that demand for uh, fuel to go up and oil as well. And then also another thing of why I suggested adding this to your portfolio, because if you are worried that the airline industry is going to not benefit from the low oil prices now on jet fuel let's say the prices go up and the airline industry's margins are getting really small because they can't they're paying these high prices for oil and you're like well kevin i thought you said that the low oil prices could be good for uh jetliners but you know they the prices have gone up now the airline industry is you know struggling because the oil prices are so high well if that is the case having an etf like gush in your portfolio will help balance that out is well because if the airline industry is not doing well but oil is really up and you have this ETF in your portfolio that's going to really help you leverage it so that's just something that I kind of wanted to bring attention hopefully that made sense to you guys like I said I'm not a uh, stock expert I don't have every answer but I try my best and I try to make common sense of things and break it down so if you have any questions or anything like that always feel free to reach out to me I love talking about the stuff and kind of uh, discussing some different companies what I think what you might think so you can comment it down um, you or if you're on YouTube you can comment to me or Facebook uh, iTunes uh, I'm on Spotify all of my contact information is in those so you can always reach out to me um, so I'll pass that question off to you guys and kind of let you decide and uh, you can always uh, reach out to me if you have any questions on that now the next segment that we're going to get into because that's all I have for the stocks right now is some entertainment news now we have Adele in the news who if you're familiar with D Adele a great singer she's been I mean she's got a powerful voice just I mean I'm, I'm a fan of hers you know I think she has some great music um, now she has completely done a transformation I guess you could call it um, she has lost a bunch of weight and it's got the internet just going basically nuts right now um, the internet has just been wild it's kind of it's just all kinds of different opinions on her weight loss and what I'll do is I'll actually bring up a uh, 
photo here. Give me just a second. We'll bring this up. So here's the photo that she recently posted. Now, when you look, I'll just bring it up here. We have in the in the top corner here a picture of Adele. But when you look, uh, that was her at you know I guess maybe her biggest weight. But now you look at this photo that she recently posted, and she has lost so much weight. And it's got a little hourglass figure there. Um, I think it's amazing that she went into quarantine, took advantage of this time to really focus on herself and um, struggle, you know, if she's struggling with weight issues, she just went all out and lost all this weight. Now, it's interesting because like I said, she's been, she's been receiving a little bit of backlash, but also people um, who have been commenting on her post saying, oh, Adele, you look beautiful. You look amazing. You look great. You look fantastic. Well, some people are saying, whoa, well, not too quick. You guys shouldn't be saying that because basically what you're saying is she wasn't beautiful before when she was big. You know, you shouldn't be saying that she's, uh, looks great now because she looked great before. And, you know, there's an argument for that. I'm not totally against that, but you can't deny that after losing all that weight, that one, she's more healthier. I think that's the most important thing to talk about because, you know, being overweight is just unhealthy. It's simple as that. Doesn't necessarily mean you're, you're, even if you're skinny, that you're really healthy. You know, I drink a lot of soda and snack foods and stuff. I got, you know, and I'm, so I'm not exactly the health, healthiest guy and I'm fairly skinny. But the point being is that, you know, she is probably, you know, a lot healthier by losing this weight and to me much more attractive. Now that may be, you know, shallow of me to say, maybe, I don't know if I, 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 I don't like to use that term because I believe matter of fact, I'll bring up, let's look here. There's a definition of beautiful. If you can see this. So the definition of beautiful is pleasing the senses or mind aesthetically. So that's the, that's the personal, that's the, the definition of it. So you have to think to yourself, they they're good there's an old saying that beauty is the eye of the beholder so what i may think is beautiful and that may be a, a smaller figure girl and another person may say hey you know the chubby girls that's my thing that's what i like and i'm not gonna tell you that she's not beautiful that's just your take on it that's what you like now another thing that i kind of wanted to bring up was a lot of people were saying that you know, matter of fact, let's let's take a look here. I got a couple of tweets from people. So um, we'll look at this one. So the first one, this girl says the toxic fat shaming and misogyny in the Adele tag is this disgusting Adele was sexy and talented and stylish years ago so I don't know why many of you so many of you are acting like suddenly she becomes all of those things only now because simply her weight has changed now this is the thing I don't think people are saying that she all of a sudden is now all of those things. You know, it's all up left for interpretation. Whether you thought she was sexy when she was big or when she's small, that's all up for interpretation. As the saying goes, that beauty is in the eye of the beholder. You know, what I may think is sexy, the other guy next to me may not. Now, what the talented portion, I totally agree. But I don't think anybody said has ever said that she's not talented or more talented because she's skinny. And then they say she was stylish years ago which I do tend to think that you know Adele has always had a nice style to her but again that comes with the money and the fame and stuff you can afford nicer things and you know I, I mean 
that's a whole nother story. But this whole rhetoric that believing that because someone lost weight makes them more beautiful, I think you're and this is this is just from my standpoint. You may not agree with this, and that's okay. But the, what I'm gonna get at is if you believe that by losing that much weight and that you don't become more attractive, you're you're probably in denial. I think you're being I don't I don't want to call it fake, but I don't believe it to be true. Um I don't I don't I, I don't I don't believe it to I, I just I believe that you're more I, I this is my personal take on it. It's 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 hard to put into words, but when if you're trying to say that you're not more attractive at a skinnier weight, I I think that that that's 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 a denying statement. I don't. I, I just. I just don't. I don't know. It, it, I'm not really doing a great job of explaining it. But I feel like you're not being truthful if you don't believe that. But we'll keep on uh, looking here. I have another tweet that I wanted to bring up. So this is another one. A girl called your fat friend. I guess that's her Twitter handle. Yr fat friend. A reminder to all my fellow fat folks with eating disorders and those have body dysmorphia dysmorphic orders. If the conversation about Adele's weight loss is frustrating, upsetting, outright triggering to your ED or BDD, it's okay to step away from your social media. So, you know, this is another one that's kind of strange because she's saying it's okay to step away from your social media if you're struggling with, you know, Adele losing all this weight and people, the conversation behind it. First thing I want to say, it's okay to step away from your social media at any time for any reason that you want to, you find fit. So, I don't know why she's giving permission to do so, but you know, she's saying a reminder to my fellow fats, you know, and that's kind of, I don't see, I don't know, maybe she's trying to normalize it or make it okay. And I'm not saying that I'm not being prejudiced towards overweight people because everybody has certain struggles and things that they deal with, whether it's weight or maybe a substance abuse issue. Maybe it's, um, I mean, the list could go on. You could have all kinds of different issues. Um, but it's just strange to see that this is the comments and type of stuff that's coming out on people that's congratulating Adele for losing weight. Another uh, uh, another one here I got pulled up. So this one says, Adele is trending, and I just came here to remind you that Adele has always been that bitch. Losing weight didn't make her more beautiful, and there's no glow up. She's been a babe forever. Don't disrespect her like that. So one thing that I want to point out is she's saying – Losing weight didn't make her more beautiful. Um, that may be true. It, like I said, it's all in the the each person's interpretation of what they deem beautiful. And we've already looked at the definition of beautiful, so I think there's interpretation in there. And then they said there's no glow up. Well, she's certainly healthier. And to me, by looking at her photos, and I'll show you another pic here, and I have a little bit more on this whole glow up thing here that I'll, I'll explain real quickly before we get into the next thing but it says she's been a babe forever and don't disrespect her like that but Adele hasn't commented on any of this so-called controversy that's going on by around her weight loss she hasn't said anything about the weight or anything she's kind of stepped away from social media after posting that photo but saying don't disrespect her like that is assuming that Adele feels disrespected by these words and you can't say that she she feels disrespected without hearing her perspective on it. She may be enjoying it and thinking, wow, you know, that's great. Thank you guys so much for telling me that I look beautiful now that I've lost all this weight. Now, this is the photo I wanted to show you guys because beauty for me means a couple of things. And then one, she looks stunning here, but there, it's not just because of her weight. 
when you look at her, she has like this arrogance about her, a certain confidence. She feel she looks to me happier. She's got like this uh, swagger, you know, like oh, I'm looking fly, you know. She's got this confidence that also equates to beauty to me. Having a certain level of confidence and swagger about you. Now, if you're a heavier set person and can pull that off, then you know it could work for you. You know what I mean? But. I think it all depends on what you feel on the inside, which helps portray on the outside. I'm doing a terrible job explaining it, but basically... I feel like, you know, she has this certain, what do you call it, Jenna Sequa, I think's the word, about her now that she's lost this weight where she's got this, you know, swagger and demeanor that only adds to her appeal and makes her more attractive. But that's just kind of one thing uh, with, with Adele that's going on. It's it's kind of quite interesting. But I do have uh, more in the entertainment news. I'll leave it up to you guys to decide whether I'm not – I should say I'm not saying it's right or wrong to say she is more beautiful now. I think my point is just it's up to interpretation. And also whenever somebody uh, does something great like that to – you know, it's hard to lose weight. One of my goals would be to really get get in shape and really get more physically fit. It's difficult to stick to that routine, stick to the demanding schedule, and put in the work that it takes to achieve those goals. And to see somebody do that and see all these comments and all this stuff, I feel like it's taken away from what she has achieved. And that's kind of where I lie with it. Um, but, you know, I pass it off to you. But the next story that we'll get into, I don't know if you guys heard this, is Tom Cruise is actually uh, supposedly going to be doing a, uh, what do you call a movie in space. Uh, apparently, he's partnering, partnering with NASA and SpaceX, which is uh, founded by uh, Tesla CEO Elon Musk. But apparently, Tom Cruise is supposed to be doing a filming portions of a movie from the International Space Station, which I just thought was wild, kind of cool and interesting. Um, but so basically what has came out is that SpaceX is about three weeks away from launching humans from the United States to the International Space Station um, for the first time in nine years. So if successful, this, this program is called Commercial Crew. If they're su success, successful, it would then evolve to run operational missions as well as flights carrying private, tra private travelers to space, someone like Tom Cruise. So SpaceX and NASA hasn't specified whether Tom Cruise will be a part of one of these flights that are supposed to take place in a few weeks. Um, but that's kind of been the speculation right now that he'll probably go on one of these flights to the space station to uh, film this movie. But no one really knows if that's true or not. E nobody has really confirmed that. There was a uh, tweet from Elon Musk who said, Elon Musk later on goes on to say, oh, this should be really fun, referring to um, the movie being shot there. So I thought that was kind of interesting, something to look out for. Um, I just think it's pretty cool uh, to see that you know he'll be up there uh, filming a movie. I thought that was quite interesting. But lastly, in entertainment news, the uh, one thing I want to get to is 90 Day Fiance. There's a bunch of controversies going on around this whole TV show. A lot of people are familiar with Big Ed and Rose. They're kind of the viral couple that you're seeing a bunch of memes made about the guy because he has like a neck issue. Um, it's kind of quite interesting. You know, he's got, he's, he, he's a very insensitive guy. Um, 
to to his this woman he's pursuing her name is rose um I believe she's from the Philippines. So he, there, there's been a whole bunch of controversies surrounding Big Ed and his his this woman he's pursuing, Rose. And essentially, there's also another controversy brewing up from a guy whose name is Jeffrey Paschel, who apparently made it on the show but has this long, extremely long uh, criminal arrest, uh, criminal record. And people are saying, how could you make the, put this guy on the show with such a long record? One of the things that he was... Uh, that he personally admitted to, I believe on the show, he said something along the lines like, yeah, I sold drugs in the past, but that was in my past and I've moved on from that, you know? And so that oh, you're thinking, okay, well maybe he learned his lesson. He's becoming a new, new guy and all of this stuff. And that's that, Hey, kudos to you for that. But it's gotten a little bit more severe and people uh, on the show are essentially, or excuse me, people who watch the show are essentially kind of getting upset now because a lot of bunch of different information about this Jeffrey Paschel guy has came out. Um, so, for example, let's take a look at this. So it says this is a little snippet of uh, uh, from an article I pulled. It says the current season of 90 Day Fiance before the 90 days is still airing new episodes and Fans are having a rough time connecting with the cast this season. Many are unhappy with the casting of the couples. Audience members have tried to have Jeffrey removed from the show due to his lengthy criminal background, but it seems that TLC didn't catch wind of the charges until they had after, until after they had filmed the season. So this guy Jeffrey has apparently got uh, just a crazy, crazy. Uh, arrest record but we're, we're gonna take a look into more about those cases that he's got going on now i wanted to play a few clips from the show but unfortunately uh i'll get the you, the way youtube works is they'll take down the video if i play anything from tlc so i'm not going to be able to play the video but i do have some audio here to kind of just give you a little context and kind of hear how big ed speaks and stuff like that so we'll i'll play that for you guys and uh let you hear that um don't be mad at me but um last night when i noticed that your legs were kind of like mine <laughs> they were hairy So he, so real quick, just say that he's like, say he's asking her to shave her legs, and a lot of the fans of the show got upset with this because what happened was Big Ed, he's got like this scruffy beard, and he asked her for a kiss, and she says, no, I, I you got to shave first because your beard really pricks me and hurts me every time that we kiss, and he's like, well, how about this? I'll make you a deal if you shave your legs. I'll shave my beard. And a lot of people got upset with Ed for that because it was insensitive to her. He said, goes on to say, well, your legs are hairy as mine. You need to shave them. And, you know, people got upset with that. So that was the first thing that Big Ed did. Now, the second thing, which I also have a clip of, was Big Ed goes on to tell Rose that she her breath stinks and smells. So he goes on and buys her mouthwash, toothpaste, a toothbrush, and, and all of this stuff and said, but in the reason why people are upset with him because he frames it as 
a, a gift. He's like, hey, Rose, I got you some really cool gifts. And she's like, oh, you know, I love gifts. That's I'm looking forward to that. Thank you. You know, blah, blah. So he pulls it out and it's a toothbrush and mouthwash and toothpaste. And, you know, you could see how that's kind of a little insensitive. And he goes on to say, well, you know, your breath stinks. And, you know, so I got you these things. We'll listen to that little snippet here as well. So I'll make you do it. If you shave your legs, I'll shave my beard. Why? And I got you a cute toothbrush. This your breath is not um, pretty. So he says your breath is not pretty. And she goes on in defense to, to her defense. She says, well, Ed, the reason why my breath is like that is because <laughs> I have a stomach ulcer and it causes me to have bad breath. It's not that I don't have good dental hygiene it's because i have this stomach ulcer um it's a chronic issue apparently that she deals with and it causes her to have bad breath from some from time to time but people were upset at uh, big ed for this because again it shows some uh insensitivity on his end so lastly we've got one more little snippet from big ed and this one is kind of the bigger controversy this is the more troubling thing for people but we'll play the quick snippet <laughs> So that he, the reason why people are upset with that is because when they first met, Rose apparently they met through Facebook. If you're not familiar through the show, he met his bride to be Rose on Facebook. They began ch chatting and had great conversation. And she had always expressed to them that her lifelong dream was to have two kids. She has one already, a son. Oh, excuse me. She has one who is a son, but she also wants another kid. And Big Ed essentially knew this from the beginning. And now that he slept with her and tried to change her, I wouldn't even say change her, but try to westernize her. He's under backlash because they're saying, why would you do this to this poor girl? You're bringing her from her country. You know, you knew she wanted to have kids. Now that you slept with her, you want to now tell her that you don't want kids. And you knew this from the beginning. So it's kind of interesting to see that, you know, he chooses now to say this to her. So that's kind of why a lot of people are upset with Big Ed. Now, I'll let you decide whether or not, you know, he's right or wrong. I personally don't agree with his tactics. I do understand where he's coming from in some places, but some of the things that he did, you just like for the kid thing, I don't I can't get behind, you know. 
he's just real insensitive. You know, I just don't, I, I, he, he's trying to say that he don't want kids and he done slept with her and done all this stuff. That's just wrong and misleading. And I could see how people were upset with that. But moving on, we have, like I said, that guy, Jeffrey Paschel, who people are talking about. This is the guy that everybody's talking about, Jeffrey Paschel. So a lot of stuff has been coming out and those nipple tats are just weird as that's just weird. It's hard for me to look at. I have to get that off the screen here in a second. But he's got these nipple tats, and let's let's take a look. I'll matter of fact, we'll read what what's been going down about this Jeffrey guy because. So here's the first uh, situation, and if you want to check out any of these articles or anything that we discuss or videos that we're going to watch, I put all of the links in the description so you can follow up on that. But it says, right before the newest season premiered, it was reported by Knox News that the reality star had summoned had been summoned to court in January due to a 2019 arrest. The arrest occurred after an alleged altercation that turned violent between his girlfriend as she accused him of dragging her across the floor of their house, smashing her head into a wall. Jeffrey did plead not guilty to these charges while the woman was granted a restraining order. During during the short court appearance, the reality star was legally charged with aggravated kidnapping, domestic assault, and interference with emergency calls. So this guy's got some clear issues going on, and basically what the fans of the show are saying, why was this guy let on to the show? Why did they allow him to be put on where he's essentially you know, uh, been accused of violently attacking his his wife. Um, it also goes on. There's another situation. It gets a little worse for Jeffrey. Second one is Jeffrey's second wife filed court documents in 2004, accusing her husband of physical assault. The document also claimed that there were medical records to back up her statements. The ex-wife also claimed that he assaulted her in front of their children. Hidden among a plethora of charges was also the accusation that Jeffrey had raped his ex-wife multiple times. The ex-wife testified that the reality star told her he was going to take her life so that's kind of alarming to a lot of people to say how could this guy be let on the show now tlc goes on to say well he kind of slipped under the radar we didn't know that he was going to be on the show or we didn't know about those charges when he got onto the show but a lot of people are saying tlc are you sure there's no way you knew um he even admitted to having a a, a background of selling drugs that's what he admitted on the show so why didn't you dig a little deeper to ensure that what he was saying was true but nonetheless that's kind of what they go on to say now the next story that we're going to get into uh we're gonna i'll bring it up for you guys so the next story that we're going to get into is the case of ahmaud arbery now this is a real controversial case and I, almost, I, I even debated whether or not to have this on the show because me being a white guy, you know, I'm probably going to get some backlash as to I, I don't have a place to talk about this because I'm white or I'm, I'm in support of these guys who shot this guy down because, I, I you know, I'm, I'm going to put it on the show. Well, don't be so quick to judge and hear me out, and we're going to watch a, a bunch of things. But I was first introduced to this case by 
a, a girl uh, on one of my social media timelines posted a quote from a woman named Abby Sham. She posted a quote, and I'll bring up the quote for you guys. Here's the quote. It says, so this is the quote. I'll read it out loud. The America we live in is not safe. It is not just. It is not good. For much of my life, I didn't know this. I was in a safe, I was safe in my homogeneous white communities, and I had the privilege of living with the illusion that all people are equal and treat, treated equally by the justice system. It wasn't until I encountered difference, different bodies, sexualities, religions that I came to know a different experience of America, the real and horrific America that allows blacks and brown bodies to be lynched, shot down, and incarcerated at staggering rates. This America is one where I worry for my husband's safety, where we get racial slurs thrown out thrown at us on walks in our neighborhood where the simple act of jogging in the middle of day can lead to a person of color being considered dangerous to white folks and therefore worthy of being chased and shot down. It should not have taken two months for the news of Ahmaud Arbery's murder to be widely circulated. We cannot look away from the horror here. We must see it as the evil it is and grieve, lament, and repent White folk, we need to become responsible to a system we can create and perpetuate by our privilege, ignorance, and silence. Now, this is the thing that I want to say about this particular post. It's hard for me. First off, this this tragedy that has struck this 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 gentleman and his family is quite sad. Regardless of the circumstances around it, death is never a good thing. You know, um, you never death. It, it's 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 terrible, especially when someone is killed. Um, you never want to see someone lose their life. Um, usually, there's other ways to handle the situation. Some ways it may be warranted. Uh, you know, that's another topic of discussion. But you overall consensus of de death is not a good thing. But what I had a problem with on this post is she says we must lament and repent. Now me as a white guy, I don't feel responsible for these two white men on what they had done. So I don't feel the need to repent or feel guilty for what two men decided to do on their own recontinence. Now this has nothing to do with you know, with me, I have nothing to do with this. I don't support it. Uh, I don't support white nationalism. I don't support people being racist. I don't support people treating someone differently just because of the color of their skin. I don't support any of that thing. So I will not feel guilty or feel that I need to repent for what an isolated somebody did in an isolated incident. Now, I will say this just to kind of point one something out if a if an african-american man runs into a convenience store and robs the store and says you know he robs the store runs out and gets the money and i go hey all of these african-americans these black guys should you know they need to repent and be uh be lame and grieve for these other african-americans who robbed the store i don't feel that's right you know i don't feel that that's right that everybody should feel that they have something to do with one isolated incident where a guy who happened to be black robbed the store that doesn't mean i get to blame all the other african-americans for what this guy did or may you know wait he took upon himself to do so i don't agree with this whole repent narrative that there this, this Abby Sham is trying to push but 
She also goes on to say, I, I don't want to spend too much on that whole spiel, but you get my point. I just don't, I don't want to say that I, I, I shouldn't feel made guilty or that I did something wrong because I don't support any of this. And I don't feel that with these two men, whether they're guilty or not guilty, um, that, you know, that I, I, I somehow should be responsible for their actions. That I just I just don't I just don't get I just don't get that. Um, but what we'll do is we're going to take a look at a clip here from what I wanted to do is kind of let some other people talk who are African Americans because as a white guy I don't know that my opinion will really matter or that I get a say in the matter. So we'll take a listen from a couple of uh, black people who have this kind of. Um, their take on what's going on and what they believe is happening. But before we get into that, we'll play a clip here that I have where they had Ahmaud Arbery's family attorney who's a civil rights attorney on the show, and we'll play that here. Counselor, um, this video that was released that shows Ahmad apparently jogging through this neighborhood. Our Martin Savage has reported this was in police hands in the days after the incident, yet it has taken 10 weeks, basically, to press charges. What do you think has taken so long? Well, I believe it wasn't because they saw the video that they arrested this murderous duo because they had the video on day one. It is because we saw the video and we demanded justice for this modern day lynching in 2020 that the Georgia Bureau of Investigations finally arrested these killers so they would not continue to sleep in their, their beds every night peacefully. What does it tell you though that they had this video and didn't press charges? It tells you that we have two justice systems in America, one for black America and one for white America. And until we can become the United States of America where we respect everybody's life, where Ahmaud Arbery could get the same justice as if the roles were reversed. And it so something I want to point out real quick, I don't necessarily agree with the there's a justice system for white America and there's a justice system for black America. My personal take on the situation, and I know this is a sensitive subject and it may not set right with people well, but I want you guys to understand that I'm not coming from a place of ill will or um, bad intent. This is just simply me trying to look at it from both sides of the spectrum here. But when you look at certain places like O.J. Simpson, who was a black man, who uh, seemingly a lot of people speculate that he got away with murder, um, that's an African-American who uh, allegedly killed uh, somebody and, you know, that he got away. There's other cases like that, not just a single O.J. out, but there's plenty of cases like that where the evidence is what you have to focus on. You have to focus on the evidence. And now he does say, well, the reason why he believes that the charges were brought up in this case is because the video was released. Now, I didn't want to play the video on the show because I don't want to watch a video of a man being shot and killed. I've already seen the video, but I didn't want to play it on the show. If you want to find it, you can look it up for yourself. Um, but I didn't want to play the video and I didn't, you know, it, I, it was, it was, a, it's a horrific video. I don't, I didn't want to see it, but you have to look at the evidence of the case. All we saw was a 20 second clip of Ahmad, allegedly Ahmad, running down a street. 
Um, and then they say he was cornered and shot to death. Um, there's going to be some more people after this video that kind of talk about that um, very thing, and I'll play those clips for you here in just a second. But we're going to let's just keep it was watching. Was him and now. his father in a truck with a shotgun and a 357 Magnum and killed Greg McMichael's son in broad daylight. Because we know without a shadow of a doubt, they would have been arrested on day one. And so we want the same justice for Ahmaud Aubrey. So he goes on to say that, you know, without a shadow of a doubt, if the roles were reversed, we know that they would have that if they because if it was a black guy who did this to a white man they would have been arrested instantly but i don't think it's fair to say that without a shadow of a doubt that means you're 100 certain that that's how it would go and i just don't find that to be accurate um you know you'll have may have your own take on it but that's just my personal opinion i don't believe i believe that you have to look at the evidence and that's why we have a jury because these are people who also get to look at the evidence and decide now hopefully i think this case is going to be very difficult because to find there's so much surrounding this case where the mcmichaels was apparently uh, a former cop and a former, like, uh, I want to say district attorney. I could be wrong on that, but he has involvement with the police. So it's kind of convoluted, but it also brings to question, has he had any kind of complaints with a uh, racist rhetoric to them in the past? You have to look at those things as, because if he was a cop and he was an investigator, he you know, does he have this kind of issues where he had targeted African-Americans in the past? That's something that they're going to bring up in court. But I, I'm not going to go so much on my opinion anymore. Um, hopefully uh, you guys understand where I'm coming from and it's not a place of hate or taking up for the McMichaels because ultimately at the end of the day, I don't believe Ahmad deserved to lose his life that day. But there's a lot surrounding the case, and we're going to look at that. But the first person we're going to bring up here is uh, Candace Owens. Now, I don't really care for Candace Owens too much. Um, she kind of just gets on to run her mouth. But I wanted to get her take on this because she is African-American, and I feel she's more equipped to speak on the issue being black herself. So we'll just watch a little snippet here. We won't watch the whole thing of Candace. So let's take a look at that. Facebook. Um, haven't done a video in a while, and I wanted to be sure to insert my opinion about this very viral case of Ahmad Arbery, um, who is being dubbed as just a jogger by the media. Uh, and I just kind of want to talk about um, really just the media's role in propaganda and how upsetting it is to me that black America always seems to take the bait. Like, I have to say, this case, after all of the work that I have done these last three or four years to wake black America up to the fact that every election cycle, there is some story that they perpetuate that is supposed to make us think that we are being chased by the Ku Klux Klan. And yet here we are a couple of months away from an election and there are black people running around saying that we are being lynched in Georgia. So let's just start with just the, the case and how it's been being reported. So first you are hearing that it is a modern day lynching. 
that should instantly, if you are a black American, an American, make your ears perk up a little bit because there are not really modern day lynchings that are taking place in America. Um, there are not lynchings taking place in general. I mean, even at the time, at the height of the civil rights movement, when black people were actually being lynched. It was approximately 3,500 black people that were lynched from the entire period of 1882 all the way up until 1968. All right, so that's actually a very low number relative, um, not saying that lynching is okay, obviously, but a very low number relative to the population that we had at that time or the population um, that we had all the way up until 1968. So lynchings are not common in general. The idea that people are going around lynching people in 2020 America, you can already know and you can smell that something is wrong with the story. All right, so before I even saw the video, because I just was interested in the reaction to see how far people were going to take it, um, I, I saw that LeBron James issued a tweet, which, quite frankly, must have been the dumbest thing I have ever read. Uh, the tweet was that we are literally, we meaning black people, we are literally being hunted as soon as we walk outside of our own homes. So this is either laugh out loud funny or really stupid. My, my, in my opinion, it's both. LeBron James doesn't even touch his own car door handles. LeBron James is currently building a multi-million dollar, $100 million um, estate in Bel Air right now. Um, and LeBron James has a white chef. He's got white housekeepers. Um, LeBron James is somebody that has white people waiting on him hand and foot because he is successful and he has a lot of money. And that's what comes with money and success. So the idea that he is out there perpetuating some idea that black Americans are literally being hunted for walking outside of their uh, out of their doors is pointedly ridiculous and should have made everybody go okay this is really dumb so i finally look at the video i'm expecting based on all of the rhetoric on all of the articles which is saying that it's an example of a modern lynching i'm fully expecting to see a video of a mob of white people maybe with a rope maybe with um some guns just marching down the street towards a black person so that they can kill him and make a mockery of him that's that's what you should have expected based on the rhetoric that was perpetuating and everybody was outraged left and right because of this 10 second clip what i actually saw watching the video left me with more questions than answers so that's candace Owens. i don't want to play the whole clip there because you know she she's i don't always agree with her even though she I feel has a better perspective on the issue being that she's african-american herself um so that's just her take on the situation now the next clip I got here is a little bit longer. Um, I know that we're getting towards the uh, end of the hour here, um, so I'll try not to take up any more of your time here. We'll get to the uh, uh, final story uh, of, of the night. Um, but I just wanted to play a little bit of this gentleman's uh, speech on the issue and what he believes uh, is going on. So let's just take a look at that real quickly. And how people are so gullible at times. I see people posting on their social media, still posting about Ahmaud Arbery and saying he was just jogging and got gunned down by two white people. The reason why people don't trust the justice system, in my personal opinion, is because they don't they, they have no idea how laws work and the justice system and the, none of that they have no they have no idea how these things work you have to be able to prove something you can't just listen to one statement and say yeah that's the narrative that's what happened can anybody prove that Ahmad Arbery 
was jogging. So this I mean, is what I want to bring you up. You cannot prove. So he's saying that, you know, you can't approve that he was just jogging. And that may be true because all we have is that 20 second clip of him running. We don't know what happened before that. Um, you, you, and there was calls to 911 made. There's a whole bunch of circumstances surrounding this whole case. Now, again, I'm not saying that they were just in their actions. That's for the court to decide. But what I'm trying to get at is we don't really know all of the evidence that surrounds this case. And you can't listen to one source that says this man was just jogging and you were supposed to believe that because the only person that said he was jogging was his mother uh, who said he was just out jogging. You know, that's... and. He, you know, maybe he was. I'm not saying he wasn't, but there's been a lot of speculation around that. That's going to be brought up in court is that if he's on the jog, a 12-mile jog, a 5-mile jog, it doesn't appear to be consistent when you're wearing certain clothes that are not consistent with a jog. And people need to understand that these things are going to come up in court. And, 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 and people are going to be sad when they've been jumping for joy that they got charged with murder, but they're not going to be able to prove first degree, second degree murder in a court of law. So what he's referring to is he we, I know we didn't get to see the whole bit there, but what he's saying is where does Ahmad live in relation to where he was jogging was he 20 miles away from his home was he 10 miles that's something that's going to be brought up in court now some people will say well it doesn't matter he could jog anywhere he wants to and you know to a certain extent that's right but what they're going to probably do in the court of law they're probably going to bring up a situation to say well why would he drive 20 miles to this neighborhood to run when along the way he passed four parks one park had a track and field uh, place to run so why did he feel the necessity to go to this particular neighborhood to run so that's just something that they're going to bring up into court now I'm again I want to reiterate I'm not justifying what happened I'm only speculating that you have to look at it from a broader perspective and understand that you can't go by just what the court is saying and let the, I, I don't like this whole racist narrative because we don't know the facts of the case you're only being told what you would you know you can only you're not looking at it from the whole aspect. You're just saying, oh, the news said white man, racist white man gunned down a jogger. When we don't have any proof of that. But we'll keep watching the, a little bit of the rest of this clip here. I personally don't believe they were charged because they were, that people actually believe that they committed murder. They were charged because outrage, because political correctness. They... The prosecutor originally accused herself. The second prosecutor said that they were justified under the, um, that they were acting within the law under the citizen's arrest laws. That was a prosecutor. The other prosecutor said that they need to convene a grand jury to determine if charges were to be brought. That makes sense to me. Convening a grand jury where you have both sides presenting a case and then the grand jury says that there need to be charges against these individuals. That makes sense. What doesn't make sense is that because of people protesting, uh, uh, the Bureau, the Georgia Bureau of Investigations decide to charge them with murder. 
They didn't convene any testimony in the grand jury. They did none of that. They charged him with murder. And this is what, this is, this is the knee-jerk reaction. The same thing happened with George Zimmerman. People started protesting and they said, he need to go to jail. George Zimmerman to go. They rushed to charge George Zimmerman with murder. And the whole time, people knew that there was insufficient evidence to charge Judge George Zimmerman with first-degree murder. But the mob wanted, wanted revenge. They don't want justice. They want revenge. So that's kind of his take on it. Well, recently, you know, he goes on to talk a bunch more about this and his personal opinion. I have the link in the video if you want to go watch his whole take on it. But basically, <laughs> excuse me. He goes on to say that there's evidence that you have to consider. It's not just, oh, you have to listen to what the media tells you. Think about this from the legal standpoint. What is the evidence? Well, recently, just last night, um, this video had come out uh, pertaining to the case, and this was leading up to the uh, moments that the McMichaels uh, allegedly chased uh, this man down. So this, we'll just play this quick clip. Clip. Then we'll get into the last segment of the night, and we'll wrap up the show. Horseman is reviewing video appearing to show Ahmad Arbery in the moments before he died. This surveillance footage obtained by ABC affiliate First Coast News. A man enters this house under construction in the mostly white South Georgia neighborhood of Satilla Shores. Arbery's lawyers say they believe it's Ahmad. Video from inside the home obtained by local station WJXT shows the man in a white shirt and khaki shorts looking around. The first 911 call coming in around 1.08 p.m. The guy in the house right now is a house under construction. Arbery's lawyers say he did not take anything or cause any damage, adding Ahmad's actions were in no way a felony under Georgia law. The homeowner telling the Washington Post, I've never had anything stolen from my property or any kind of robbery. According to his lawyers, Arbery's inside for under three minutes. The video seems to be sped up and slowed down in some places. Here you can make out two men getting into a truck. They're presumed to be Gregory and Travis McMichael, now with Arbery's murder. By 1.15 p.m., a second 911 call. There's a black male running down the street. When detectives arrived at the scene at 1.45 p.m., Arbery was dead. The McMichaels told police they thought Arbery was this man. Um, Did you feel the so, same way when... Sorry about that. It went on to the next clip. But basically, you know, they found that this guy was trespassing on a property and... You know, excuse me, they found out that this guy was trespassing on a property and, you know, they called the police and then they charged him with murder, which is in the court of law is presumed that it has to be premeditated. Now, that's going to be hard to prove, but there also is a case there because they went with guns on their person. So I, I don't know. I don't want to spend too much time on that. All I want to say is that. Look at everything from the whole aspect. Try not to 
push this whole racist rhetoric because I feel like that only continues the racial fires in this country. You know, we can't be unified until we start looking at things from the whole perspective, uh, looking at everything from not just one standpoint. So it's just kind of something I wanted to bring up there. Um, I would encourage you to go look out at that Brandon Tatum video, the guy with the red outfit that was speaking. If you watch his whole video, he kind of breaks down a lot about the case, and I think you'll find it interesting. But uh, one of the uh, final things we'll talk about is Elon Musk. He was on Joe Rogan's podcast. Um, They kind of go talk about some of the issues surrounding uh, the coronavirus pandemic. If you're familiar, Elon Musk has been doing a bunch of tweets saying give back their freedom, give back their liberties, trying to get everybody – He wants everybody back to work, essentially, and he's even threatened to leave California, um, leave leave California and move somewhere like Texas or Nevada because of these restrictions and lockdowns. So let's just play a quick clip here from Joe Rogan's uh, podcast with Elon. When CNN had that stupid shit about ventilators with you, I I found that both confusing and the, 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 the yeah that was annoying it was annoying it was wrong. But, but it's also annoying as a person who reads cnn and wants to think of them as a responsible conveyor of the facts i would well, like to think that yeah i don't think cnn is that i think it used to be it used to be yeah so he's just going on to say he doesn't believe that cnn is a worthy uh place to find your information but he's bringing up to a bigger point because there's been a lot of speculation around COVID-19 as to uh, what is reliable information surrounding this pandemic and what is not reliable he goes on to tweet this classifying all deaths as corona even if corona didn't cause a death is simply a lie Dr. Burke said it right on live TV on CNN. There's the clip there. I posted this clip down in the description as well um, so you can check it out for yourself. But basically, uh, we'll we'll play the rest of the uh, interview here. But basically, he's just saying that they're padding the numbers. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, I think we're we're rapidly moving towards opening up the country. Um, It's going to happen extremely fast over the next few weeks. Um, so, yeah, um, something that would be helpful just to add from an informational level is, um, when reporting, uh, sort of COVID cases to separate out diagnosed with COVID versus, uh, had COVID-like symptoms. Yes. Um, because the the list of, of symptoms that could be COVID at this point is like a mile long. So it's like hard to... If you're ill at all, it's like you can't, it could be COVID. So just, just to give people better information, d- definitely diagnosed with COVID or had COVID-like symptoms. We're conflating those two so that, one, that it looks bigger than it is. Then uh, if somebody dies, is was, was COVID a, a primary cause of the death or not? Uh, I mean, if you, so the reason, just real quickly, the reason why I wanted to play this video is because Elon Musk could be considered, you know, one of the smartest people in the world today. Um, you know, and a lot of the, I've seen a lot of um, statements being made about people who believe that all of, all of these uh, padded numbers, or if you're uh, 
believe in opening the economy, you're ignorant and you're dumb. Well, this is a smart guy uh, who's advocating for this. You know, he's a a CEO of a successful company and this is what he's advocating. Now, yeah, some people may say he's biased because he has a company, um, but you know, well, let's just keep watching. I mean, if somebody has COVID, gets eaten by a shark, um, we find their arm. Their arm has COVID. <laughs> it's going to get recorded as a COVID death. Is that real? I mean, not, basically. Not, not that bad, but heart attacks, strokes. You get hit by a bus. Cancer. If you, if you get hit by a bus, go, go, to the, go to the hospital and die, and they find that you have COVID, you will be recorded as a COVID death. Why would they do that, though? Well, right now, the, so you know, so the road to hell is the road to hell is paved with good intentions. I mean, it's mostly paved with bad intentions, but there is, you know, some good intentions Just... paving stones in there too. <laughs> um, and the 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 stimulus bill that was intended to help uh, uh, with the hospitals that were being overrun with 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 COVID patients uh, created an incentive to record something as as COVID that is difficult to say no to, especially if your hospital is going bankrupt for lack of other patients. So the hospitals are in a bind right now. There's a bunch of hospitals are they're furloughing doctors, as you were mentioning. They're, you know, they're, if your hospital's half full, you're, it's hard, hard to make ends meet. So now you've got like, you know, if I just check this box, I get $8,000 and put them on a ventilator for five minutes, I get $39,000. Or, or, or I got to fire some doctors. So what's what's this is, this is a tough moral quandary. Is like what what you can do? That's the situation we have. So that's what they bring up there. I mean, that's just Elon's take on it. Um, you know, I just kind of wanted to bring that up, uh, bring that to attention, but. You know, I'm kind of trying to rush here a little bit because we're kind of over that one hour mark that I like to typically keep the show on. But the last thing that I want to bring up is a uh, daddy shamed. I've been shamed. Uh, somebody attempted to call me out on my so-called hypocrisy. Um, so I kind of wanted to talk about that real quick. Uh, so recently on my social media, I posted something uh, that. I, I posted. I posted a, a post. I'll read. I'll read it off to you. Um, the post says it's been a month and a half since I got to be with the love of my life, which I'm referring to my daughter. I've had to make some difficult decisions and sacrifices during the virus, and one of those decisions was Kara and I had to d- decided it was best not being able to see my daughter as I had to work and didn't want to bring anything to her. But it really makes me value that time a little bit more. I love this girl. So that's a picture of my me and my daughter there. She means everything to me, but nonetheless, so I got a message from this person who I got a message from this person who I'm not going to name because um, I just don't want to give them that benefit. But I made a post about, you know, being away from my daughter and I was accused of being somewhat of a fake uh, freedom fighter, if that's what you want to call it. That's not what I would specifically call it. But, you know, I, I've been accused of being a hypocrite because how can I be pro uh, uh, in, or in support of opening the economy if I um, 
if I decided to quarantine from my daughter for a month and a half, and he goes on to say, well, what kind of father would go away from his daughter for a month and a half? What kind of person would do that? Um, and then you're also saying that you're for opening the economy. That doesn't make sense to me. Well, this is the, this is the deal that I want to get at. So it's been, it, it, my point on this whole situation is you may question that you may say well why would you quarantine if uh you know you're for opening the economy if you watch all of my videos i've never once said don't be smart about it okay i personally me personally i work in a warehouse okay i have a warehouse job where there's over a thousand employees there's been confirmed cases of the coronavirus within my warehouse. But you know we're able to stay open. Do you know why we're able to stay open and still operate? Because they're following CDC guidelines. They're following the social distancing at work. You know, they're they're making it mandatory that you stay six feet apart. They're uh, making it mandatory that you wash your hands. They've included all these sanitizing stations around my workplace. And in addition to that, they've also uh, require you to wear a mask to work. Now, the thing is, what I'm in support of is being smart while um, going through all of this, not being governmentally or mandated by the government on what to do. I don't support the government telling me how to live my life. I made the personal choice along with the mother of my child to basically uh, – we made the decision that, hey, you know, since there's been confirmed cases at work, you're around a lot of people, let's hold off on it. That's a decision we made together, not because the government has told me that I need to make this decision. So that's where I had the problem because I'm not, I don't agree that the people, it should be left up to the people how to proceed. You have guidelines from the CDC in which you are, you know, are, uh, can follow or not follow. But my point is that you have these guidelines, you determine how you should proceed. So when I hear the guidelines, I say, yeah, you know, that's a smart thing. We should follow those guidelines. I'll continue to do that. Does that mean I support locking down our country and closing down a bunch of jobs? Because like I said, my the particular place that I work has over a thousand employees, okay? And there's probably more than 500 people in the building at one time. And yet we're still able to open. You know why we're able to stay open is because they're following CDC guidelines. So that's all I'm saying. I follow the guidelines and I try to minimize the minimize the the risk out there but i don't believe that you have to shut down everything to do that because the company that i work for is able to still stay open they're able to practice social distancing they're able to use sanitizing stations and say hey wear a mask to work you're able to do all of these things to protect yourself and it was decided by me and my ex that we would make that decision together not mandated by the government and that's where why I made that decision. Um, so, I mean, I'll leave it up for you guys to decide. My my whole point is that I just don't feel like it's the government's place to tell us what to do. If they want to offer these guidelines and things that they want to say, hey, this is what you should be following. This is what you should do. I'm all for that. Never once in my videos have I said, should you be hugging and kissing on people, coughing next to people, doing the irresponsible things. Mm -hmm. But I have advocated that I have advocated that you need to 
sorry, I got distracted there. But I have advocated that, you know, be smart about doing things when you go out into public, whether that's work or anything. So you can go out, do these things and be smart. But uh, enough of that, you know, that's that's going to be the end of the show for tonight, guys. I know we ran over way too late. I didn't even get in to get in to do all the things that I wanted to cover. So I apologize for that. But thank you for tuning in to tonight's episode. Um, I know it was kind of probably a little duller than you expected but personally i think there's some really important stuff in there to think about um also next week we will have a guest on her name is allison pena her name is bad widow she's a lifelong new yorker um from manhattan uh she's she has a wonderful story to kind of talk about but she has faced some pervasive uh or excuse me i'll read a little snippet here that i pulled from her it says as a widow she's faced pervasive assumptions that she was broken by her loss perhaps forever Allison discovered she didn't know who she was without him and people who supported her stepped up stepped back or stepped out as a result she was isolated and lonely but could not find the resources to answer her challenge so she created them she began her website badwidow.com and it resonated with people in similar situations she is unafraid of ruffling feathers and having provocative conversations on life and death her bad widow brand is vulnerable transparent parent brave and inspiring so we're gonna have uh, her on next week to talk about how you can bounce back from this pandemic financially emotionally all of that stuff how to bounce back and she's gonna give us some great insight to that so that'll be next week with Allison Pena again I'm kind of uh, just rushing here to get everybody off and on their way so thank you for tuning in you can check us out on iTunes Spotify, Anchor FM, YouTube, and Facebook. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in to another episode. We'll see you next week on Monday at 7 p.m. Enjoy your night.